Hey everybody, welcome to the Oppo Taco Podcast, episode number 16, Willow. Man, how are you? It's been a couple weeks. We, we we took last week off. We were a little preoccupied, but we're back at it this week. I've been good. Uh, yeah, exciting. Been a, been a great couple weeks of baseball. Only starting October, best time of the year. Can't wait for it. Okay, so actually I had a question here for you. I was thinking this. What is better? Like, the playoffs starting opening day or the first day of spring training i got playoffs they're all really good uh i would go playoffs then opening day then spring training they're all special i think the difference like opening day is like it's you're in it but then you know it gets in that 162 real quick right mm-hmm. and, um, and i'm talking obviously as a fan here not as a player, yeah for sure you know, yeah. player uh, i think playoffs is yeah i've never i've never experienced any of those so <laughs> um but no, I think playoff baseball is just it, and especially the wild card. I love that they got rid of the, the old um, one gamer. Uh, hated, it. hated it. But even like best of three, like that's awesome. Like I can't wait to watch some of the games. So it uh, it's going to be sweet. Well, we're going to get to that in a minute. But uh, before we do, want to just let everybody know that this is going to be a pretty fun episode. I think we've got an interview here today with Rangers prospect Mitch Bratt. Lefty pitcher, seventeenth um, ranked prospect in the organization, and young, and he has had a hell of a year, mm-hmm. past couple of years actually, but this year has been, I think, a whirlwind. So uh, we're going to be talking with him, and I am excited for that one. Excited to share that with everybody. Um, why don't we get into our quick hit? It's going to be a little bit of a shorter one here, so we can get to that interview. But we are going to talk about the playoff picture a little bit. So let's do it. Okay, so just a few things from the week that was here. Um, start off a AAA ball here. We got the AAA National Championship, Eastern or sorry, uh, the International League and the Pacific Coast League played each other. We got the Norfolk Tides took down the Oklahoma City Dodgers seven six at yep. Las Vegas Ballpark. Jackson Holiday led uh, led him to a championship. Well, I think it was a Colton Cowser hit the hit a slam. And took the MVP honors, uh, rightfully so. And so, so I mean, you got your number one prospect, Holiday, number two prospect, Hauser. It's like, man, the Orioles. Yeah, they got, the it's Orioles. crazy that they, they got more coming, right? It's it like they're insane. already such a good team. Um, and, like, I mean, this year's going to be fun to see in the playoffs. But I like next year, I, th- I think Jackson's Holiday's got to be – I mean, if he keeps doing what he does, I think good spring training, I think he'll start in the bigs. I just think he's – he showed at every level. Um, I mean, you, I, I've watched some of his at-bats. He's just, he's so, he's a professional. As, you know, I'm he's so you. young, but just like the way he goes about himself, his at-bats, never looks overmatched. Yeah. Um, I, I'm I with think, you. I think he starts in the big league. And, yeah. and like we've talked about it before, the way that teams are running it now, where they're not holding these young guys down and, hold, you know, limiting them at how fast they fly through the systems. These guys are going from like, like a ball to triple mm-hmm. A big leagues in a matter really of like quick. a few months, like yeah, or a couple months. It's, so it's insane. So, which I think is good because I was actually thinking about it today. I'd rather have somebody, you know, if we're talking about arbitration eligible years and all the rest of it, I'd rather have a kid up there, say through their, whatever, say 21 through 27 years instead of that 24 through like 30 years, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so it doesn't make a whole ton of sense to me when I'm just kind of sitting back and 
and thinking just at least superficially about that. But I yeah. want those kids when they're 21 and those, everybody's coming up, they're putting up numbers, like at least, you know, on, on the surface, they're looking really good and they don't look out of place. So yeah, pretty exciting holiday. I guess the follow-up question would be, what are the chances he gets called up in the playoffs at some point? Uh, yeah, I don't know. That'll be interesting. Um, that's probably something that's going through front office right now, if you know. But that's it's super tough to tell. And it, again, I think it's a tough time to do that, right? Playoff time is not experimental time, and I get it. You may use them just a couple times, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, who they're, knows? They're, they, their lineup is stacked. Well, they got a few days to think about it because they're they got they to do. buy in the first round anyway. They so do. yeah. Um, yeah. He can in the, in the meantime he can um, soak in that AAA championship that he just won uh, with Norfolk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie Blackman he signed an extension, the longtime Rocky outfielder, one year, thirteen million dollar deal with an additional two million dollars up in the air for at bat uh, benchmarks, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, you like it? I don't know. I think it's just a name to have there. They're for sure in rebuild. Right now, there's no, uh, there's no doubt that they're not. They're, they probably won't be winning for is a couple it, years. Is it a rebuild or is it just a build? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good point. You can't really call it a rebuild if they were never there, right? Um, yeah. But I think he's 37 or something now. Um, yeah. I, I want to say he had maybe had the second highest on base percentage or something on the team. You know, I think he's steady. He's been very consistent. He's been very like, consistent. He is. I'll give him that. He's he's never. I mean, he, he had wow, what year was it? He had one year that he did really well. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like you know, numbers are crazy. But he's been very consistent over you know, well, and well. that's that's something that teams will pay for, right? Is consistency, right? If you mm-hmm. know what you're getting, um, and you're and you know, I, I don't think thirteen million dollars is overpaying for him. So no. Um, yeah, like I said, longtime Rockies player, and uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully he finishes out his career there as long as he wants to. Mm-hmm. Um, got some retirements here. Adam Wainwright. This one yeah. was kind of cool to me. You know, he he got his 200th win, and we thought, you know, maybe that was the last that we see him. However, we did not think about Adam Wainwright, the, the hitter. Pin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gets a pinch hit appearance. I think he might have. Right, I would have given him the whole game. I would have given him the eight. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know if he'd make it through the whole game. But he ended up uh, just as good as you know, the normal Cardinals DH probably. The 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 dream at bat I guess didn't come through with like a, a Bartolo Colon like walk off home run or something like this. But he mm-hmm. grounded out the second base, and that he, was the end he, of it. He touched it. So he I was I looked up. I was like, hey, what are the chances he like got two hundred wins and ended up hitting two hundred for his career or something like that? But he was a paltry one ninety two instead. So he got more wins than average, but you know, one ninety two actually isn't terrible. It's hey, it's only a few points uh, shy of our boy Kyle Schwarber. There you go. Yep. I mean, he has a, yeah, doesn't have <laughs> as many home runs. A few more bombs. A few more yeah, bombs. A few more. I actually looked. I think he's got. Was it forty? Is it forty seven home runs he's got now, and forty eight singles is or he? something like yeah. that? Yeah, something like that. So it was uh, yeah, pretty pretty close there. Miggy Miguel Cabrera, he's yeah. done. I actually just saw his kids announced his final at bat. I think it was. I saw that too. Pretty pretty cool. Um, you know what a what a final year. Stats obviously weren't quite there. What he used to be in his heyday, triple crown years and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, pretty pretty cool. He, yeah. he has swan song and uh, and his. Victory it does lap, suck to see guys like that 
And kind of the same with like Grinky, just being on crappy teams when they end it though, you know, like I I never found myself watching the Tigers much this year unless they're playing the Jays. Like they're never a team I'm just going to throw their game on. No. No. Um, And it sucks because Miggy, you know, Hall of Famer, you know, he's he's done it so well for so many years, right? So yeah, it's going to be sad not seeing the guy around. 100%. 100%. He's good for the game. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually met him in Venezuelan Clubhouse. I got him to sign a ball for me. It's funny, all those the balls that I got signed down there, I got a Johan Santana one too, but it's so humid there that when I get them back, all the signatures kind of, not not smudge, but they uh, they lose their edging and everything. They kind of fade into the ball a little bit with it. It's authentic. It's authentic. It was definitely it authentic. It the story. There you go. Yeah. It will not be going to PSA to get verified or um, authenticated and everything. But uh, yeah, Well, I mean, legit. I think that proves that it was actually in Venezuela. That <laughs> there you go. Well, and it would be on a Venezuelan league ball too. So it go. was kind of cool. Um, and then you got, you mentioned the name uh, Granky. Now, yeah. I didn't hear that he is actually retired, but you're you're claiming he is. So I'm. I believe he does. I believe he is, and I believe he also. Yeah, because there was the big standing O when he when he went off. Um, I don't know if you've looked at Gra- Zach Grinke's stats this year. Um, uh, they're not good. They are not good at all. <laughs> no. Uh, but um, but again, a guy who's been doing it for so long. Um, let me quickly pull it up. Well, this and then as you're doing that, as you know, as an aside you know stats throw that by the wayside for a minute but a guy who's good for the game just as a personality um he's weird and like i mean that in the mm-hmm. best of ways he's he, like weirdos are good for baseball when you get can get the sound bites and everything he's awesome so i remember him being a weirdo when when i came up in like 2000 i want to say four he was in triple a at the same time and uh it was, and i heard the stories about this guy is just out there and mm-hmm. I think it held true for his whole career, but um, yeah, I think, you know, I don't, I don't think he's, I don't think he's actually officially said he's retiring yet. But I think that's the. Um, <laughs> your the is this your pl- this is your plea? This is, is me Zach telling him he should Craig retire. Shut yeah. her down. It's time. We love you around it is the time, game. Man. But uh, uh, so one in fifteen on the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great start there. Five one eight ERA. Not great. Not um, ideal. Not ideal at all. Whip one point three four, yeah. So tough year all around. I mean, tough tough team to pitch for too, but still, not not the best end end to a year. But you never know that might he might want to come back. Who's signing him? Don't know. No idea. The yeah. Rockies on their rebuild. <laughs> there you go. Lastly, unfortunate news uh, just happened um, earlier today at time of this recording. Tim Wakefield. Passed away, uh, I believe it was brain cancer. Um, came to light in the last few days of social media, primarily because of Kurt Schilling. And I gotta say, and I'll keep it as PG as I can, what a raging prick to do that. Um, unbelievable that he put that out there on social media without kind of the consent of the family. And yeah. I think the family wasn't wanting it out there. Um, mm-hmm. Unbelievable that you could do that to somebody, to do that to a, a former teammate. Um, just disgusting. But yeah. uh, unfortunate. And, and and tough losing a guy who, uh, you know, who not just pitch it, you know, he's a pitcher, but he's like, he's a different type of pitcher, right? And I mm-hmm. think a lot of guys, you know, they think of knuckleballers and Tim Wakefield's a guy, right? Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, I got to watch him and I always thought it was fun watching him pitch, right? It's so it's it's just something different, right? It's refreshing mm-hmm. and you know, he yeah. did it for so long and so well. Uh yeah, really sad to see a guy like that go. Well, he was kind of the best knuckleballer of my generation. And the joke was always funny because, you know, when you're flying around and always going into Denver, going over those mountains, it's like, man, you're on the Knuckleball Express. Who's flying this mm-hmm. thing? Tim Wakefield? You know, it's kind of the running joke. And it's like you're just bouncing around the turbulence, floating all over the place. And uh, so, yeah, that's kind of where that reference, I think I will always be using that one. So, like you think, said, you think he's better than Ari Dickey? Yes. I think longevity. I think so. I think so. Consistency, absolutely. Yeah, I think longevity so. and consistency. At uh, oh, that's, that's a pup. You can. See <laughs> I was right hoping there. that wasn't your stomach. No, it's <laughs> a dog on the bed. But uh, but yeah, I think Ra. I mean, whatever year he won Cy Young there. Yeah. What was that? What year was that? Yeah, anyway, that I mean, he other than that, like his, you know, he had kind of decent years on both ends of that, but never was consistent like Wakefield. So I'm no. with you there. Unfortunate condolences to the family yeah. and uh, sad one to see away from the game now. So, in saying that, that's going to wrap up the quick hits then. So, without further ado, actually, actually, no, we do. We're we're doing our our postseason. Yeah, I was going to uh, kind of predictions. We're, we're I forgot. Now. I forgot. We're set now. We might as well do it. Okay, so let's do it. Brackets are set. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, a time that this is going to be released, it's everybody's going to have played a game anyway, so no sense in doing our um, pre. Well, I guess our preview, but let's yeah. do our prediction. So, top left bracket here, we got the Jays and the Twins going head to head. Who do you have? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good series. Mm-hmm. Three games. I can't, I can't not say the Jays here. Um, I will say this, and we kind of chatted before we got on is. I think they win that. I think that's the best case scenario coming out of the wild card. Um, I would, I would for sure rather face uh, the Ast- I mean, the Astros are a different team in the playoffs, but I would f- rather face them than either the Orioles, yeah. uh, Braves, or Dodgers on any. Yeah, those other, are the four uh, teams that get the, the corners for sure. So I, uh, I think they got lucky there, but uh, I think it'll be, it'll be interesting. I think it's going to be a very low-scoring series. I think the pitching on both sides, at least starting pitching, well, looks pretty strong. Yeah, so. three games. You got Sonny Gray and um, um, Pablo Lopez. Pablo sorry, Lopez on, on you know starting the first two games anyway. Yeah, for the Twins and, and they're phenomenal. So uh, yeah, it's tough too. We'll be you know rooting against our guy Eddie Julian. And well, Jordy. I was going to say, and who? Sorry, Jordy Belzoic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, you know, as a hit, you know, an everyday player, I was thinking that too, is, you know, I want the Jays to win, obviously, but I want to see Eddie Julian go off in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So Me I too. would be totally good with that. Love Eddie. So, uh, yeah, I got the Jays too. I'm going to go there. So I won't elaborate too much. I think um, I think they're just a little bit stronger team than the Twins. Mm-hmm. Bottom left, Rangers and Rays. And the winner is going to play the Orioles. This is a tough one for me. Yeah. I, I got the Rangers still. Um, I don't. I, I mean, the Jays have played the Rays a lot the last couple of weeks and been watching, but and I don't know. The Rays just haven't looked like the Rays' eyes. They've still been winning some games, but mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know. It's just not that same style of baseball that they've been so successful with. You know, they look kind of off to me. So. I don't know. I think I think that Rangers lineup is pretty tough to get through. So we'll see. Yeah, and they, you know, the Rangers weren't playing super well. You know, Mm-mm. at the near the end of the season, um, 
either. So so that that series is a bit of a toss up in my mind. I, I mean, if they, I had if they the hit race. like if they hit like they did that series against the Jays. Oh my gosh. I mean, they're they're going to win. That was a that was a shellacking, but uh, Corey Seager got to love him um, Mm -hmm. up there. So, I I think I got the Rays still though. Yeah, Um, I'm going to go there, but I do agree that one's going to be a toss up, Um, and then going to play the Orioles. Whoever comes out of that one, let's go to the National League side. We got the Diamondbacks and the Brewers starting up there. Who do you got? Uh, I'm going to say Diamondbacks. Wow. I think pitch. I think pitching wise, they'll all get carried by uh, Zach Gallon. Game one, Merrill Kelly, Kelly. Game two. Yeah, I I like it. Um, I don't know. I, I I think it could go either way though. I think it's a very close series. Okay. Um, but I'm going Diamondbacks. I love Diamondbacks too. I think they're that that young kind of fun team to root for in the playoffs. I mean, the, the Orioles are fun too and young, but. They're just on a different level, right? So yeah, I don't as disagree. As an underdog team, I think D-backs are easy to root for. Okay. I, uh, I don't disagree there. I love watching Corbin Carroll there. I love yeah. Zach Young. I like Merrill Kelly a lot. But I'm going Brewers for oh, yeah? same reason that you're talking about, though, the pitching. But Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta. Corbin Burns has been off and on, though. He has he's been hot at the end of the like, I think he's been hot. The kind of closer second half, I think, and same yeah, with Freddie Peralta. Hasn't been the numbers that Freddie Peralta has put up in the back half, like after the Ulster break, are I, th- I think I've read that they're basically the best in the big leagues right now. So yeah. uh, those three, those three, wow! In in a yeah. best of three, like yeah, yikes! That's scary yikes. to me. And and I think you know seven game series, you can I think lean towards some hitters and hopefully you you mm-hmm. mash a, out a win or two. Three game series when you can lean on your top two and maybe three pitchers, you know it's kind of what the Jays are going to do as well, right? So um, it's what all the teams are going to do. So if you can do that, then I think you just got to go. Who do you think has the strongest pitching? And I, yeah, you know I might put Gallon above any of them, but number two and number three, I think I got to go Brewers. So I'm going to go Brewers on that one. Fair, okay. Um, I guess the last series would be the Marlins and the Phillies, and the winner is going to play the Braves. Yeah, I think yeah, for me this is the easiest. I think Phillies here. Agreed. I think they have the the experience. Um great season by Miami. Mm-hmm. Skip Schumacher. I, I think he I get yeah, hopefully he gets manager of the year, but UCSB alum too, if you didn't know. Oh really? There we go. Yeah, so we but, got some bias uh, there, okay. And I think I think great season for them, but I don't know. I just see the Phillies yeah. kind of wiping the floor with them. Yeah, a little bit deeper, I think. Um and pitching too, you got, uh, and I don't even know what's happening with the Marlins pitching. You know, Alcantara is out. Yuri Perez mm-hmm. is on 15 day IL. I don't know when he comes back though. Um, Edward Cabrera is good. I like him, but um, Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, yeah, one two, really yeah. hard to get through those two. Yeah, <clears throat> so I'm going with I, them. Yeah, um, you want to go to the second round? So yeah, I mean, so we got Astros, and we got we both have them playing the Jays. Should we or should we wait? Well, let's go through. Let's go right. through quick. We'll do it quick, though. Astros, Jays. Who do you got? Uh, uh, Astros. I hate to say it, but I think I so. I Especially think in so. the playoffs, right? They've been so yep. good for the last couple of years. They have the experience. They have so many guys who have – it's just – it's an, it's a thing for them, right? Yeah. It's uh, – and, they're you know, they're used to it. The Jays last year, you can see they're not used to it, but the Astros are. Um, so, yeah, I got Strauss. There. And if you're going up the seven-game series, I just said, I think hitting starts to you lean on that a little bit more than you mm-hmm. do a three-game series. And Jordan Alvarez and uh, 
Kyle Tucker, Michael Brantley, yeah. Alec Bregman. So it's just like, you know, two, like, yeah. Yeah. You, now you get into, and then you got, you know, you're pitching too. You got mm -hmm. uh, Verlander, Framber. It's like, yeah. they got dudes. It's a good team. Yeah. So I got the Astros there too. Okay. Orioles, you got them playing the Rangers. I got them playing the Rays. I got them winning whoever they play. Orioles, yeah. Yeah. Um, easy one. Easy one for sure. You never know, though. No, young never team, know. Very young team. Um, playoff baseball is different. So, um, But also, too, I think playoff baseball, Camden Yards, They, have, I don't know what it is, but whenever, and I remember when a couple years back when they were, you know, had that push, Camden Yards is a great playoff baseball park. I don't know what it is. It just, even watching their games now, it just, there's like this vibe in there and it's awesome. Um, I'll tell so you I'm what, excited. side note, one of the two of us has a win in Camden Yards. Oh yeah, I did win. Oh no, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> exhibition game. We, we, nice. Uh, 2004 uh, pre-Olympic exhibition games. We played the Greek national team nice. there and I went there. Paul Spalljerk started the game. I came out of the pen and whatever it was. I think he, he just, I think he went like three innings just because we were splitting games up. So yeah. um, I ended up getting a win there. So I got a win in Camden. So kind of cool. Um, okay, yeah, I got the Orioles too. Next year, easy too. Uh, so you've got the D-backs versus Dodgers. I got the Brewers versus Dodgers. Dodgers. We're, we're both going Dodgers. Yeah. I, I'm just – and for the NL side, like I'll just say, I'm just – that Dodgers-Brave series I think is going to be awesome. Yeah, so that's going to happen. So who the Phillies, who, who we think against the Braves, yeah, Braves are going to take it to anyone, them. And, and I'll say, like, I think the Braves are winning it all. I just – I don't see anyone beating them. They're yeah. just – everything about them. Um, they're, they're well-rounded. It's not a team that, you know, they don't, as people talk about their hitting, it's like, yeah, but you look at their numbers pitching too. It's like, it's not, they're not just a hitting team, right? So. No, they're unbelievable. They are just primed. So then, year. yeah. So, so I'm excited. Braves, Dodgers, you got Braves going to the World Series and winning it. So the American League side, we got, um, we both got the Astros and Orioles. Who do you have there? I got the Strohs over the okay. Orioles. Experience. That's where it's coming into play. I got the Orioles. Okay. I got the Orioles going. I got the Orioles go. going. I do. I do really like this team. They are exciting. You got Braves in the finals too. I got the Braves. Yeah, there Braves. Braves beating the Orioles for the no World Series. No hot takes here. No yeah. hot takes. No hot takes. But uh, yeah, there's our there's our outlook there. So that is going to wrap up our quick hits. So let's get to this interview with Mitch Bratt. I'm excited. Here we go. All right, joining us today on the podcast, we've got Mitch Bratt, Texas Rangers prospect, 17th ranked uh, by the system, I guess by Major League Baseball. Mitch, man, thanks for joining us today. Thank you guys for having me on. Looking forward to it. Yeah, does that, does that do anything to you, like when you see the rankings and everything, that 17th, does it mean anything? Or what? where does that, what does that make you think? Um, to be completely honest, if you not really... I mean, it's a cool number, and it's cool to be on those lists and everything, but to be honest with you, it really means nothing at the end of the day. I mean, if you still can't throw strikes and you still like, <clears throat> can't compete, then that number means nothing, to be honest. Yeah, those numbers can change a hurry if you're not doing your <laughs> job. But uh, 17th is only actually a couple numbers lower than your actual age. So, I mean, just, just don't – if your ranking doesn't uh, equal no, your age, you're in good shape. Um, you're down there now. You got named to the Arizona Fall League. When did you find out about that? 
I found out about that probably in August. Uh, there's quite a few of us on our team in Hickory and IA who, uh, who got called into the office and we were all kind of standing there looking at each other a little confused. And, and then they put the coordinator on the phone and you start to put pieces together and then you realize, okay, we know what's going on here. And then, and then our fire director told us it was exciting times. We all smiled, fist bump each other. We can be excited. And you got down there about a week ago, you were saying? So what's That's the right. atmosphere like? Are there lots of guys down there right now? Yeah, so the entire team is down here. The entire team has been down here for the past three or four days. We had some meetings out in Scottsdale for some media days and then just, just some average average meetings going over, some expectations, do's and do nots type of thing. Yeah, the entire team too. A lot of Canadians Do's or do nots, eh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, Will. Yeah, a lot of Canadians down there too, which is sweet. That's right. Say. I believe there's six of us. I remember in the beginning when we were just introducing each other, it's like, my name's so and so from Toronto. Eric Sol- Eric yeah. Sarantola from Toronto. Like, yeah. like there's quite a few of us. So it's that's sweet. Nice. Though. A like, that's a cool, yeah. It's a cool little sweet thing. So yeah. did did they put you all in like your own little corner in the clubhouse? And where that's you, right. you yeah. have so... poutine and uh <laughs> wear toques or what? No, no, none of that yet. I mean, we've definitely reminisced about some stories of the guys I've played with back in the day, but none of that yet. We'll get there. We'll get there. That's awesome. Um the year has been pretty crazy for you, you know, at least from our perspective watching it. It's been pretty exciting, I think. Um, and now with this Arizona Fall League, I think it it gives credence to kind of how it went for you. What is your role there in Arizona now? I was looking at the roster and there's 22, I think, pitchers that are there. Uh, how are they going to get through all these guys and get their innings in? So they have quite a few starters who are here. So what they're going to be doing is having like a piggyback role. Like for example, tomorrow, um, one of the Rangers guys is going to start, and then I got to come in after him for three innings. But they just want me to treat it as like a normal start. Right. Um, so what they're going to try to do is try to pair each day up. So one day is going to be the Rangers pitchers, the next day is going to be the Royals, the next day the Blue Jays, Reds, so on and so forth. From that point, for the starter at least, the bullpen might be a different scenario, but it's at least two starters each day. And and how many starts or, or I guess how many appearances do you expect to have? So when does the season end? Do they know? Is it a once a week um, thing that you're going to get or what? I was told it's once every six days, but we only play six days a week. Right. So it's once a week. <laughs> so you're going to pitch on and, Tuesdays, I guess, from sales of the day or, yeah, or Mondays I guess or what? So. Uh, yeah, it'd be Mondays. That'd be good. They'll get over it early, you know? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's, it's just annoying because we have the off day on Sunday. Yeah, so there's true. no team practice or anything. So I got to pick and choose partners they're going to throw it mm-hmm. it's kind of a mess but we got it done today there we go yeah so it's going to be uh it's going to be once a week most likely um, and it ends in november 11th is a championship game so how many other weeks that is probably six weeks seven yeah you weeks. got about six weeks in there okay nice so hopefully long about 18 minutes you had a, you had a, a pretty good year um the start of it was pretty interesting <laughs> i would say you right. Pitched for Canada in the WBC. You were uh, 19 at the time, I believe. And you went in there and faced the U.S. Talk about, like, how did you, how did they tell you that you were going to get that start? What were those emotions that kind of went through your your mind then? And, and how did you approach that, you know, coming out of March of, you know, during spring training and, and getting ready for, you know, arguably the best lineup in the world. Yeah. Um, so it actually starts back with 
at our complex here at Surprise in Arizona here it's for training and they kind of told certain people when they're going to be throwing the dates line up and I remember one of the coordinators was behind me one day and we were just trying to map out my throwing program and he said yeah you're going to leave on this day and throw against another team this day and then it might line you up for the Team USA game and I kind of brushed them off like yeah whatever like, like that's not going to happen wouldn't that be cool and then it kind of got closer to the day and Things kept progressing the way they were supposed to be, and then I actually had a inner squad or a, a game exhibition game against the Cubs, where I started uh, at their spring training place. And, I mean, that was that was a good tell or a good test, I should say, because I faced like Cody Bellinger, Eric Hosmer, Nico Warner, Dancy Swanson, all their other top guys. And I mean, mm-hmm. it was like an inning and two thirds, but I mean, it was clean, like no issues. And then the next day, I come in the clubhouse, check the, the schedule, and the the rotation for the upcoming games, and it's like, oh, there's my name against Team USA. So, honestly, I try not to think about it all too much leading into it, just because I could have easily gotten my own head mm-hmm. and just, like, overthought every little thing. But, I mean, there was definitely a lot of texts and a lot of phone calls that I got from <laughs> friends and family, old coaches, everybody just being like, good luck, you know, we're on your side, this and yeah. that. So, I appreciated that. Um, and then... The day off, I was actually warming up right before, and I just remember being in the weight room using the foam roller, and Russell Martin standing beside me. I'm like, so, you got any tips? Like, <laughs> he's like, just go do your thing. Like, you know, they put you in the spot for a reason, and they believe in you, so just go up and do your thing. And there was a lot of, a lot of stuff going on, but I think I tried my best to calm the nerves and just go in there as a normal start. And it was, it was honestly a little bit reassuring too, because during my warm-up, I look, I look up in the stands, and, and sure enough, I see all my teammates there cheering me on. So it's kind That's of like awesome. a little bit more calming to very cool. Make me relax a little bit more. So that was nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, went out there. I didn't have my best stuff, but I gave it all I got. And, uh, yeah. Well, it let's did go, not go but, the way. It yeah, but let's go through this. Let's 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 call a spade a spade here. <laughs> This is who you faced. And so uh, let me preface it with this. Do you remember who you faced? Do you remember the outing? I or was remember, it just like you were out of, it was like an out of body out, yeah. experience? Yeah. I think the key moments that I remember was coming up the tunnel and just, you could hear the crowd. I was like, oh boy, like this is, this is a little different. Uh, so there was that one. I remember the Mookie Betts single. I painted a fastball up and away. He just put a better swing on it. Right. Gets paid a lot of money to do that. <laughs> yeah. um, and then a few pitches to Trout. The next single. And then the, the major one that kind of stuck with me that I remembered was uh, Nolan Arenado. I threw a cutter down and in. It was a perfect pitch. I, I, I couldn't do it again. Or any better if I tried. Right. He just got the head out, hit it down the line, and two runs scored. And I remember running to back up home and just like, being behind the plate, you could just hear it. Like I let go of the pitch, and, and then the entire crowd just erupted. So yeah, yeah. That, those, well, are the, the, those are the main points. So you, I mean, so you got Mookie faced Mike Trout, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, Kyle Tucker, Tim Anderson, and JT Realmuto. Those I, can say I got Kyle Tucker out. There you go. That's my, that's my claim to fame right there. There, um, yes, absolutely. I'm a so, sack fly. <laughs> there you go, sack fly. But I mean. It's unbelievable when you look back and you take, you know, kind of step out of out of the moment and think about what you did as a 19-year-old 
facing, like we said, you know, arguably the best lineup in the world, not take anything away from Japan. Um, but that <laughs> yeah. or Dominican, or- but that lineup there is second to none. Yeah. And to right. do that was incredible. So, I mean, I guess my next question, um, is what, what kind of, um, lessons could you take from that? Or did you take from that, you know, having that experience and then taking that into season where you're rolling into Hickory, which isn't quite the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say the biggest thing that I learned from that experience was that, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to say it's the wrong way, but it's that I got it out of the way. In a sense. Mm-hmm. It's like, I've been, I've faced that lineup. I've, I've understood what to be like in that situation. Cause there's nothing you can do to prepare for a situation like that. No, you could, it's sink or swim. And yep. Um, so that was probably one of the best ones. And another one was there. Like, I'm never going to play in front of a crowd like that again. I mean, you had, I was in the United States pitching against the United States. Everyone was rooting against me. Like just, just those little things mm-hmm. and just the confidence piece. I mean, I felt confident going into it and I, afterwards I was still confident. I mean, it didn't go the way I wanted, obviously, but trying to keep that momentum rolling. Um, trying to think what else. I mean, but those are really important, right? Like you said. Like, okay. And the only thing I would disagree with you on is that you're not going to yeah. be in that situation again. Yeah, I think there. you're yeah, going to see that situation again, you know, possibly <laughs> right. in three years. Because uh, I think that's what it is again. Is it 2026 they're, right. they're doing mm-hmm. again? Um, I think your name's going to be there again, Mitch. So, so get your get your mind right for that one because you might get some <laughs> redemption on on Mookie right. and Trout and all the rest of it. Right. But and I, I don't, I've, I've been, as I said before, I've been through enough, so I know what to expect. Know the different things, how to go about my business. So, open for, or I'll know I'll have a better better result next time, bro. Yeah, yeah. and experience does say a lot. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, like for me at least, watching it, like I thought it was awesome and. Um, I think you did get quite a bit. I mean, there's always going to be the haters, but uh, at least social media wise, I saw a ton of support after. Um, mm-hmm. Like anyone yes. in your situation, right? Everyone's getting like, you know, it's just, it's obvious. You're, you're not set up for success there. Um, but how did you get a, bu- a bunch of people reaching out, a bunch of support after it? I mean, uh, yeah. Although it didn't yeah, go I mean, the same, it was, uh, it, it's still uh, yeah. probably pretty cool, huh? Yeah, after the fact, I mean, I would say it took probably a month month and a bit to finally like get over the hump of being like okay it's over with like i can look back at it with a different point of view yeah because it, it did take a while like to get over that i mean it that said like sink or swim yeah. and just trying to do the best i could um but yeah from the support standpoint oh yeah i got a bunch of texts i mean <laughs> i saw both sides of it i saw all sorts of stuff, but I mean, it was nice to see a lot of, a lot of friends, family, coaches, everybody. And especially when I came back to the complex to finish up uh, spring training here, everyone was super pumped for me. All my roommates, teammates, everybody. Just like, yeah, it was such a cool experience to see you out there. You know, like we're always so proud of you. All those things. So, very thankful for that. So, did did you have people sending you things that you didn't know who were ripping on you? Oh yeah, I mean, I got I got quite a few things. Yeah, <laughs> That's Instagram unbelievable. DMs on Twitter, yeah, I saw some stuff on Barstool about me that I kind of, looking back on it, can laugh at, but it kind of pissed me off a little bit. At the time. <laughs> but people were sending you direct like DMs that you don't know who bit. were co- really yeah, some random people, yeah. So I, I had quite a few of those, but then I also had a bunch of random people who I didn't know who were 
like give me props like you know congratulations yeah. for going through that so and honestly those I were actually the ones i saw a lot of those because I, I actually yeah. after the game i was on social media i was like let's see what people are saying and you know 99 percent of them i would say are all you know good job kid like tough one but you're gonna learn a lot from this and every, it was like wow I, I actually wasn't expecting it but it was it was right. very nice to see actually and, and yeah. i'm with them yeah so you go from there. Let's um, let's go into the regular season. You said it's it's tough to go there about a month long to kind of maybe come off that cloud. You know, facing <laughs> right. facing Trout yeah. and, and Mookie and everybody isn't the same as facing the A ball guys who are your same age and everything like that. But give us kind of a maybe a dissection of your year and breakdown of your year. How do you felt that it went? I'd say my year was a lot of ups and downs. There's a lot of a lot of moving pieces. It started off okay. Um, there, there's some good things that started to progress in the beginning, um, and then about a third of the way through, my mechanics were a little bit out of whack. Like there was like something, something fell off, and I couldn't couldn't figure out what it was. And then we started dissecting into stuff a little bit deeper, and, and found found out what was wrong. So um, I was trying to make improvements to that mid bullpen in game, all these different things, and it just kind of caught up to me a little bit, especially when you're trying to make an in-season adjustments. Better, you know, it's it's tough. Yeah. Um, especially pitches too. So we're trying to get my changeup back to where it was last year, and it just it just wasn't the same because my mechanics were all messed up. So um, it got to a point where I was just kind of like, let's just just shut up and just like mm. like you're overthinking everything. Just go out there, and do what you can. So I actually had a quite a few starts where things were going pretty well um like end of june early july things are going well and then i felt something in my lat uh, playing catch one day we were working on this one drill and i just felt something go off um, and then kind of kept pushing through it pulled the traders we kind of maintained it a little bit and then it got to a point where after an outing i was like it, it, i don't know if i can throw through this i just i just rather not mm-hmm. just try to be conscious so they shut me down for a little bit i had to get an mri Went down to Arlington to get our MRI in Texas. Everything came back clean, which was a good sign. And then ended up going to or coming down here to Arizona for a week just to kind of reset everything. Like I'm not throwing. It's the perfect time to just try to restart. So mm-hmm. restarted my like mechanics, tried to get back to what they were last year. So at that point, they were in a way better spot. And then start the like you throw progression to get back into games. So I got hurt uh, middle of July. And then ended up getting into games probably end of August. So I had two outings at the end of the year that went honestly really well. I was happy mm-hmm. happy with those results and then try to take this momentum into the fall. Yeah, I was looking at that. It looked like you're about you're out for about six weeks or so with, with the injury, right. right? But um and everything's good now. Health is good now. Yeah. Health is great, yeah. Feeling better than I have in quite some time. So well, feeling good. It's good to nice. hear. Let's go back a couple of years, Mitch. You were drafted uh, in 2021. You're kind of you're in that COVID mix and everything like that. What was that time like for you going through that whole situation? Uh, to put it lightly, it was a mess. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a bunch of moving pieces, moving parts that we had to do because when COVID hit, I don't know if you were with us during this time. We were in Dunedin. Were you there for that? No, you had uh, oh, Jeff okay. Francis was serving as your pitching coach Francis. there. It was okay. his first yeah. one. So, oh, and then, then you upgrade, huh, Beggar? 
just a little bit. <laughs> However, I will say the team basically got shut down for two years. This is the junior national team we're talking about. Uh, the team got shut down for two years. That was Francis's first trip. He was on a two-year cycle. So I basically br- blame the whole Enjoy. shutdown on Francis. So he's just an unlucky guy. So he right. probably would have played if I was there. <laughs> yeah, but going back to when the pandemic hit, we were in Dunedin. We were like the last game to play. Yes, like, I remember. Shut everything down, and then everyone's like two weeks off at school. Like this is sweet, and then <laughs> no more school. So <laughs> what, ended up, what ended up happening is I was throwing bullpens in my backyard. I put the bunk bed bed frames together, put, put tires behind it. Love it. And was throwing off that slope. So I, I had no other way of doing so. So we had we had to make do. So luckily, one of my uh, one of my neighbors played as well growing up. So. He was a good help as well. Um, but that year kind of went by. Couldn't really do all too much. And then 2021 started about February. I got a call from a team down in Georgia. It's like a summer or like a, like a high school team, kind of like an academy type of thing. Right. Uh, so I got a call from them saying they were interested in me come, coming down. And then with all the COVID stuff at the time, you're kind of on the fence. Like, should I, should I not? It's not safe to do so. Um, so talking with my parents, we, we came to a decision that it would be a good decision to go. So we, I went down to Statesboro, Georgia in March of 21. And that's when things started to progress. I know I was pitching pretty well. The VLO started to tick up a little bit more. It's just getting back into the routine of flying because I hadn't done so in a year and a half. So finally getting back out there, fished pretty well. And then I got a call for the MLB Draft League, which is a collegiate summer league, but they had they have quite a few ice schoolers, especially from Canada, um, who go up there and play. So I was from the West Virginia Black Bears team. So it's funny looking back on it because I've got quite a few friends now who I built or built relationships with on that team. But from that point, that's when everything kind of just took off. You know, I started pitching a lot better against older competition, and things are going really well. And I mean, I kudos that to uh, the national team because they're facing professional hitters since I was fifteen. Yep. So give a lot of credit to that and Greg for trusting me. And, and then from that point on, I'm facing the older hitter. Kind of like, I've done this before. This isn't that bad. So when did, you, did that. when did you yeah. start seeing your velo jump a little bit? Because you were a guy, you know, obviously 15, 16, you were really young. But you were kind of a mid-80s guy with a really good curveball. And now you're up to what? Like you're up to like um, mid-90s now. Last year I got up to 96, I believe. When did you see it that? It hasn't go? been that this year. So, <laughs> um, I saw the velo jump, to be honest, during the draft league because it was every outing or one, every week it was like one more mile an hour. It'd be like 88, 91, right? it'd be like 89, 92, 90, 92, 93, and I hit 94 for the first time in the last outing. And then that was a really cool feeling. And then things kind of started to pick up a little bit. And then, uh, yeah, the draft was a was a cool experience. I thought I was going to college the entire way through until the last second, where my agent texted me. He didn't have enough time to call me mm. in between the rounds. And I was in a hotel room in West Virginia. My mom and dad came down, so because I couldn't come home because the, mm-hmm. the COVID rules. So right. Because if I were to go home, I'd have to quarantine for two weeks. Right. And then if Florida State, where I was committed, wanted me to come down, sorry guys, I gotta wait. Or if I signed, I'd have to wait for two weeks. So. I didn't know what to do. I was kind of just stuck. So they came to me. And yeah, that, that whole little like that whole scenario, the drafts and everything. It was just a whirlwind of emotions. One second you think you're going to college, and the next year 
you're on a flight to Arlington the next morning. So it was a whirlwind, but I wouldn't change it. And you got drafted in the fifth round. Correct. And how, how many, was that the, the year where there were only five rounds? No, so 2020 it was five rounds. In okay. 2021, it 20. was 20. Yeah. And it's been that Okay. Way. Back up 20. So yeah. you go out to, to Arlington, they wine and dine in everything, treat you real nice, <laughs> and you ultimately decide to sign. Was it a, was it a tough decision? Um, how much was school still in the mix at that point? Um, so before the draft, I mean, with my advisor and family and everybody, we kind of came together with the number. And if we got this number, then we were sticking with it and we were signing. So about halfway through the day, or the draft, I should say, I got a, a call and he said, the Raiders are offering you X amount of dollars in the fifth round. Do you want and take it early? But I said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to take that. So my dad kind of looks at me and goes, well, I'm proud of you for sticking to your number. That's right? tough. That's tough. Yeah. So stuck with it. And then uh, in between the rounds, because the Raiders had third pick or second pick, I believe. Uh, so commercial break, uh, my agent calls me. He's going to let you know if anything happens. Like, might be going to college. Like, this is a good experience. Everything. I'm like, okay, perfect. Like, Ready to go. Mm-hmm. And then sure enough, he texts me. He said, Texas. Or he sends me the, sorry, sends me the number that signed, that well, signed for. I said, yes. And then he says, Texas. And I look up on the TV. And they're up in a minute. I'm like, oh, boy. Like, <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. And then sure enough, the first pick goes by in the fifth round, and the second pick, and the third pick, which I believe they had. I just remember hearing my name, and I put my head down, and I just start bawling my eyes out. Nice. Like, That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, That's it was just amazing. like so much built up time emotion everything from leaving home with the national team since i was 15 to mm-hmm. leaving during a pandemic leaving the family leaving everybody and so much uncertainty who knows what's gonna happen next so well kudos mm-hmm. to you too yeah. for sticking your number because i back in the day actually i you know um i was a similar similar um <laughs> scenario but i remember going into it my advisor was like names are gonna get called and you're gonna want to drop your number and I was like, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure, no. And I went in with like a high number because I wanted to go to school anyways. But he said that right. to me and I just kind of brushed him off. And sure enough, <laughs> you know, like, you know, rounds kept going up and I was like, oh, should I drop yeah. this, you know? And uh, so yeah. that, that's that's pretty <laughs> sweet that you held and I think it paid off big time then. Right, when you return, yeah. Yeah, I mean, looking back on, as I said, I wouldn't change a thing. Nice. So far, so good. So you, so you were kind of, you didn't care really which way you went. If the number was right, it was, you know, Pro Bowl. That's right, I mean, State, the team right? really didn't. The team didn't matter. I just the opportunity and the money that was set forth was probably the why'd you the choose why'd you choose Florida State? They had a really good winning culture. Mm-hmm. They had forty plus wins for forty straight years. Like head coach at the time, Mike Martin, was a legend or still is in college baseball. And yeah, you know, I was excited to go into that program and and they offered me a good scholarship and there's quite a few other things that kind of stood out a little bit. I kind of wanted to be far away from home. So Floyd State was a good option for that. And in the South, it was warm. I could practice year-round outside. I've never been able to do that. So That's that's that funny. That's like the it. opposite of Norm. Norm's like, oh, I kind of want to stay close to home. You're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, man. I'm going if I go overseas, I'm going overseas. That's funny. Yeah. You call yourself a Seminoles yeah. fan still? Like you called football guy? A little bit. I mean, for football for sure because yeah. they're playing well now. Yeah. But uh, like I still follow all the baseball and mm-hmm. stuff. But it's funny because – on the, the fall league team, we have two pitchers who were who went to Florida State. Oh, really? And I met them on my recruiting visit and everything. So I don't think they remember me, but I remember that. So <laughs> I, I've talked to them a little bit about it. And 
kind of funny looking back on it. That is funny. That's pretty cool. Now you mentioned a couple times the the junior national team playing for Team Canada. How many trips did you make with that team? Do you know? I have to do the math, but probably a whole year. Or so that would be September, so, October, March, April, May, and then we had World. So we went to Australia seven, eight, I believe. About eight times. Yeah, and who COVID kind of messed that out. Yeah, it did. But um, yeah, you were you were in line for there for you would have been there for probably about four years, three years anyway. <laughs> Um, if it weren't for COVID, but, uh, you know, we had the world championship in 2019 in, um, in Korea. South Korea. That's right. Do you remember who you pitched against there? I remember the entire story. I remember this is a really fun story, actually, because we had so many planes. It was a mess, like a trap. <laughs> yes. And I remember we're getting on the last plane and I'm sitting in the window seat. Like my head's kind of resting up. I'm tired. And you look up at me, you're like, you flip me a ball. You go, you got game one against China. And I go, huh? You're like, go get him. And I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> so I just remember that. that ball was not, fun. not quite the same as you've got the game against the U.S. Yeah. In 2023. <laughs> little bit different. little bit different. But. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember you flipped me the ball. And I'm just kind of like holding on to it. It was like an hour flight. It wasn't. It's holding on to it, like thinking about it. But yeah, it was a cool experience. Not the same. Not even remotely. Not it's quite the same. Maybe 30 fans compared to 30,000. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, a little different. But, yeah, I remember that. Remember but playing moment. for your country is playing for your country. And at that time in your life, you know, that would have probably been a, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe maybe your biggest start that you've ever had. 100%. Yeah. I remember I went four or five innings. You know, I pitched kind of deep into the game. And, yeah, everything went well. Pretty cool. Very cool. Um What's on the horizon now for the off season? Like, I guess you got the all the fall league, but right. what's gonna what's happening after that? What are the plans to get ready for next year? But you got to balance, you know, some some downtime as well in there. I would think. Hundred percent. So I haven't had much downtime this year, just because I kind of got here a little bit earlier to get ready for the WBC, and I'm staying a lot longer than everybody else. Mm-hmm. So probably I'll be home mid November. Um, so once the season ends, I'm gonna go home probably relax for hopefully two to three weeks mm-hmm. spend time with friends family everybody um, we're just kind of unwind because you know it's been a long year um, but it was nice to be honest because we had the all-star break in the middle of july and then i was able to go home for a week at the end of our season in high mm-hmm. and i have a cottage up north and that's kind of my place to kind of be stressed nice adrenaline on the beach relax you know so it's really nice so nice I mean, it's hard to relax, especially in those moments. It's such a short time frame at home, but yeah. I always try to get up there, relax, and spend as much time up there. But the point will be, I'll go home for a few weeks, kind of get my feet back under me, enjoy some some off time, and then uh, start playing catch indoors and working out and getting back into the sweat of things. So you stay at home mostly off season, then? That's right. Yeah. So I'll stay at home probably until middle of January. I don't know what the plan is because last off season, uh, my dad and I drove my car down forty something hours from Newmarket all the way down to Surprise, Arizona. So I've I done that drive. Track. I have made that drive three I days. Don't recommend it. It was a I tough one. Know. So we actually we left in a snowstorm. It was me and a buddy, yeah. the, a guy who played with the uh, the Athletics, John Swomey. Yeah. 
And we left. We were trying to beat a snowstorm. What are you driving, by the way? What are you driving? He he got a brand new. What did he get? Uh, it was an Altima. Uh, I think it was a Nissan Altima. Or yeah, no, the car, the, yeah. the car. Yeah, so I think that's what we took. It was brand new, so it was awesome. But we beat the snowstorm. We get down to St. Louis for night one. Uh, stay there. Night two, stay in Amarillo, Texas. We're like good. Day three, get down. We hit northern Arizona. We were stuck for like six hours, where we were going like twenty kilometers an hour through the mountains because that's where the snowstorm mm-hmm. was. We it was yeah. like absolutely terrible. <laughs> we weren't expecting yeah. it in Arizona. Yeah, I mean that drive was long. Luckily, I had my dad with me to yeah. keep me company and stuff. But the only problem was it was when my throwing progression had me off the mound. So I'm trying to find these different places. Not warm enough to go through <laughs> outside. So. First night we made it to uh, somewhere in Indiana, and okay. I ended up texting a coach who knew somebody who knew somebody else to let me into this indoor facility to go throw. Actually, it was Ball State University football field, like nice. football indoor okay. complex. So they have a football practice going on. I'm just throwing <laughs> on the side, and then ended up getting to Oklahoma City one of the other days, and I'm trying to find somewhere to throw, and it's not warm enough, and I, I stumble across this one cage indoor facility and i called the guy he didn't like answer back so i left a voicemail and then he calls me back and said oh i was a work i was a minor leaguer once upon a time like here's the code to get in all these things. like sweet That's nice awesome. this is great yeah. so i don't remember his name but i thank him greatly mm-hmm. uh, and then just kept kept going kept driving along the way and i ended up making it after five days we kind of took it slow we were in no rush so nice. Yeah, five days is a long one. That's yeah, you guys take your time. Don't we to take our time, yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, last last thing I want to ask you, I guess, is if you had to give us um give us kind of your scouting report on yourself. What are your strengths? Where's the room for improvement? What's your go-to? What's your arsenal look like? Tell us about you. Um so a good way to describe me is I'm very high tempo, high energy athletic on the mound like i'll i'll attack you like that's this, this might not be the right thing to say but i got big nuts big nuts on the mound so nice. i'm coming yeah. right after if you like it or not so just attacking attacking since pitch one i've got four seam fastball uh i now have a splitter which is in the works instead of a change up couldn't figure it out so i worked with a splitter uh i got a sweepy slider and a cutter so we've made some adjustments since the the big loopy curveball mm-hmm. and the, the fastball. So, um, but yeah, it's it's a very similar grip compared to my old my old uh, curveball grip. It's just a little more offset and different cues that I'm trying to work on now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what's the, the best the pitch? Yeah, best pitch would be my slider. It's it's pretty good when it's on. It's on. Mm-hmm. Um, so depending on the day, I'll be slider fastball. The fastball, I'd say, plays at the top of the zone really well. It right. has a lot of the high vert um, mm-hmm. metrics to it. And then the slider as well is very, very sweepy, and the whole metrics of that pitcher are really good as well. So those are the two I kind of lean on in different situations. And you got the splitty as being kind of a, a work in pro, and I guess in pro. Who's the right. word for progress? Progress, yeah. Just, yeah. It was halfway. Oh, tough mouth. one, tough one. <laughs> I got tough you. Tough one. Yeah. Um, what else? Where's any other rooms for improvement here? Areas that you're looking on trying to improve, whether it's, you know, on the mound or, or in between or anything like that? In between years or anything like that? 
It's probably just the reps, I'd say. Yeah. Like the reps of, especially working on a new pitch. Mm-hmm. I had a really good talk with one of our data analysts um, talking about another pitcher, actually. They're trying to get him to change certain pitches. He's like, why isn't this clicking right away? And this and that. And he told them, how many throws do you think you've made in your life? And then he said a number and he's like, how do you expect to change that five throws? Yeah. He's like, oh, sure. Yeah, you're right. So I kind of took that mindset into it. So luckily I've had the past few weeks to work on a splitter and kind of tinker with the different grips. Um, and it's nice to hear different voices too, because one cue might, cl- might, might click from another coach who says something. So the pitching coach here, he's from the Blue Jays um, with the, with the fall league team. He said, he said something, I kind of moved my finger off the seam a little bit and it just darted. It was, it was really good. And everyone was like, Oh wow. Where did that come from? Mm-hmm. So that's probably the biggest one is just continuing the reps and even with the mechanics too. That's another big one of just the re- repeatability yeah. is, is biggest layer. Yeah. Speaking on that, what's one thing you, you felt this past season that you you've done really well and gotten a lot better at? <laughs> I'd say dealt with adversity. Uh, that's probably the biggest one. And well, what a start, right? I, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good way to start. I feel like off from there. Yeah. So, uh, no, so that, I would say that was the biggest one just because even off the field, there was just some some other things that I was trying to manage, trying to manage life outside of baseball or with baseball because it's not healthy when you bring your baseball side back to the hotel or back to the apartment with you after the game regardless mm-hmm. of the having. Uh, so I was able to do a little bit better job with that. Um, and even just in-game adjustments, I had some really good talks during spring training and even with some other players on that that uh, national team at the WBC. They just they had some really good cues that, that really worked for me, and I kind of stuck with them since. Who'd you, were, was there anybody there that you really connected with or that you kind of looked up to, role model, anything that you picked their brain? Because there, there were a lot of vets on that team. And, and... There was. I talked to Cal Quantrill quite a bit. Or nice. Cal and... Paul. Paul helped me quite a bit in the mental side, and Cal, Cal also helped me a lot because before I threw in that spring training game against the Cubs, we're both standing there like signing these autographed baseballs. There, look at them, like so. Like, you got any tips? You got like what you got? And he's like, "Tell me why when big leaguers go and read out assignments, they don't hit as well or they don't pitch as well." Yeah, no, you got a fair point. Like, I never looked at it that way. Pretty cool. So I kind of took that mindset and I mean the out against the Cubs went really well um, and then some other players on the team one that really stuck out to me was the day after shagging VP Andrew Alvers mm-hmm. uh, pulled me over off to the side and we were just kind of talking I'll get some things over and um, he just asked me how I felt how things are going he's like this is a big step in your career like you're like you got over the hump pretty much it's over with now like how are you going to deal with it so we had a really good talk about that. And then uh, it was cool to see like some of the older guys because I remember during the national team, you'd always watch that video, like the mm-hmm. hype video almost of yep. all the different guys who have been through it. And I'm looking around and I'm like, wow, those guys were in the video like five to 10 years ago. <laughs> like, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. that was pretty cool. Pretty cool to see like Scott Lowen, um, uh, Matt Sir, all those guys. Yeah. Scott Adam, Madison, Adam, uh, Adam, Adam Lowen. Lowen. Sorry. Yeah. Adam Lowen, Scott Madison. Yeah, and Axford oh, there. You mentioned cool. Albers, like yeah, it was yeah, cool you... to see Axe. I mean, I heard he was throwing bullpens and you know finger progressing, and then gets out in the game. He's throwing ninety five. I'm like, holy shit! Like, it's wild. It's yeah. wild, eh? That's pretty Just cool to people to do that, isn't it? Wild, yeah. 
Yeah, I wouldn't know. I don't know what 95 feels like, but it looks really fun. Yeah. <laughs> nice, Mitch. Um, man, thanks for joining us today. That was fun. We haven't, I mean, we haven't talked in quite a while, but, you know, we've been following along. So I guess I got to say, though, don't do too well too quick because I still got to pick up one of your rookie auto cards. So I don't have one oh. yet, man. Keep keep looking, but I got I to gotta pick one up. So don't rise to the pinnacle too far because I still got to get it on the cheap. We're going to get a little pricey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but really, good luck um, going forward here. Good luck in your in your game tomorrow. Uh, I guess Thank it you. will be yesterday when this gets released. What time but, are the uh, games starting there? Six thirty, so they're three thirty back home. Okay, east east coast. I'm a west coast. I don't know I'm west coast guy too. So. Oh, you're west coast. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Good stuff. Yeah, but we'll definitely be following yeah. along. Um, um, go do your thing in the fall league here. Enjoy the off season. And then get ready for 2024, man. We're pumped for you, as as should Rangers fans. You are a bright star in the system, and uh, we can't wait to see what's on the horizon for you. Thank you. I really appreciate you guys having me on. It's fun. Thanks, man. And that's going to do it for another week here of the Oppo Taco podcast. So if you like it, do your thing. Hit the buttons, uh, follow along, subscribe, leave us a comment, and we'd love to hear from you. So until next time, that is Oppo Taco out. <laughs>